Hello and welcome back to the Skills for Learning podcast. Today we're going to be talking about well-being and learning. I'm Dr. Miles Mitchard and I'm joined by two Leeds Beckett University colleagues. I'll let them introduce themselves and explain their roles. Hi Miles, yes. Uh, my name is Richard. I am a, a school-based wellbeing practitioner uh, and I work with a student wellbeing team. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a specialist mentor also in the wellbeing team. Um, I also do a few skills for learning workshops on occasion. Um, I guess me and Rich have been working together in a few kind of guises recently, but we started working together um, doing some collaborative sessions on um, well-being academic skills, which I guess like we've been thinking about more and kind of led us to doing this really. Um, so I guess what we're thinking about today is kind of expansion of what we've been talking about for a number of weeks and kind of recontextualizing some of that. Mm -hmm. Thank you both. Richard, you're a well-being practitioner. So first question for me is, what is well-being? And can you say a little bit about how it might link to learning? Yeah, sure. Um, there are lots of different definitions and models of well-being, which I'm not going to bore you with right now. Um, but I think it can be helpful to explain what we're talking about here. Um, so we often use terms like um, mental health, mental illness and, and well-being interchangeably. Um, but they don't quite mean the same thing. Um, so mental health um, describes that, that full spectrum of experience um, ranging from you know, good mental health to poor mental health or, or what sometimes people call mental illness. Um, and mental illness is a, maybe a condition or an experience involving thoughts, feelings and behaviours uh, that, that might cause distress um, and reduce our ability to function the way that we'd like to. Um, and this might at times negatively impact on our day-to-day -day experience uh, and may even you know, be uh, eligible to receive a, a clinical diagnosis. Um, and just as an aside, I think much of, of what we think of as mental illness is probably better thought of as an understandable response to difficult life circumstances. Um, and I think mental health diagnoses can sometimes be stigmatizing, but uh, that's probably a conversation for a, another time. Um, uh, and then the third term I use there, well-being. Um, I think well-being is, is kind of part of a, a wider fr framework um, of which mental health is an integral part, but it also includes uh, our physical health and our, our social health. Um, I often um, deliver sessions to, to, to cohorts of students, and, and I always start by asking students, you know, what, what is well-being? And I think that the best definition that, that often comes up is, you know, well-being equals being well. And I quite like that. It's just really simple. Mm. Um, um, and like I said, well-being is, is a broad term. Um, and although it encompasses mental health, the two aren't necessarily tied to each other. Um, so let me explain what I mean by that. Um, I think it's quite possible to experience high levels of mental well-being, even if you've been diagnosed with a mental health issue, if you take the necessary steps to look after yourself. So that could be you know, getting exercise, getting daylight, eating healthily, uh, socializing with friends. If you take those steps, then, then we, we can all experience good well-being. Uh, and conversely, it's, it's also possible to experience really low levels of well-being, uh, even without any history of mental health problems, if we don't take uh, the necessary, you know, the proactive steps to look after ourselves. Um, so just to use a personal example, you know, I, I sometimes feel anxious. Um, I, I've never been diagnosed with anxiety or given any medication, but if I know that if I don't, you know, 
um, yeah, take time to 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 unwind and to do some meditation or get some exercise, then I can find my my own anxiety levels increasing. So, um, I think self awareness and self care are really important in all of this. Um, to answer the second part of your question about how well being relates to learning. Um, I'll quote a, a guy called Gareth Hughes who says that academic performance does not happen in isolation, um, but it's directly influenced by our physical health, our psychological health, so that's our, our mental well-being, and our social health, our, our friendships, our family relationships. Um, in terms of the psychological side of things, if we're constantly feeling stressed or overwhelmed, um, if we're in that fight or flight state, then it's really hard for us to focus, uh, to take in and, and remember new information. Um, if our physical health is poor, if we're sleep deprived, if we're dehydrated, if our, our diet is really poor, this can have a, a negative impact on our ability to, to, to stay focused, to, to concentrate and to learn. Um, and, and similarly, if we're, if we're really socially isolated, if we're feeling lonely, um, if our relationships are under, uh, under constant strain, then this can have an impact on our academic performance. Um, and I think it's, it's helpful to think of this as a, a sort of a bi-directional relationship. So um, good well-being. Um, has a, a, a positive impact on our academic performance, but also doing well academically can improve these other areas of our, our well-being. It can make us feel good about ourselves. It can increase our, our sense of um, self-efficacy. Thank you. That was all absolutely fascinating. Um, we we hear a lot, don't we, about mental health these days. Uh, I wanted to ask, has there been an increase in the number of students experiencing challenges with their mental health? Yeah, I think so. Um, over the last 10 years or so, there's, there's been a big increase in the number of students seeking support around their mental well-being, um, particularly for things like anxiety and low mood. Um, and, and there are lots of good reasons for this. You know, uh, if you look around us, you know, we're living in a, an increasingly um, divided and unequal society. Um, the environment's in a mess, um, the economy's in a mess, you know, so, so these are things that, that can affect all of us. Um, but if you add on top of that, the academic stress you know, and, and the academic pressures that students face, then it's, it's not surprising um, that, that people will be feeling that, uh, that, that stress, you know, students particularly. Mm. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, um, we are seeing increasing numbers uh, of, of students seeking help. Uh, year on year, um, and uh, that definitely increased around the time of the pandemic, unsurprisingly. Um, but we also see sharp increases in, in the number of self-referrals around assessment periods. Uh, and I think in most cases, um, this is, is probably related to academic stress. Um, so, you know, stress, I think, offers an, an external trigger, um, and in, in this case, academic pressure, um, and, and not necessarily mental illness. Um, it's important to acknowledge that some students are experiencing poor mental health. Um, and I know that the Mental Health Foundation say that 75% of mental health problems are first experienced um, before the age of 24, um, which is comparable to the, the, the typical age profile of, of you know, an undergraduate university student. Um, so I'm not minimizing this and saying that you know, uh, it's all just a case of a bit of academic stress. Um, but you know, um, for, in most cases, this is definitely a factor. Um, and, you know, I, th I think the important thing for, for, for people to, to be aware of is that there is support available. Um, we have, you know, an amazing student wellbeing service who offer counselling, uh, mental health support, uh, psychoeducation. We've got uh, specialist mentors like Matt um, uh, who, who can offer students, you know, ongoing support around their mental health. 
um, so that they can do as, as well as they are capable of doing at, at university. Um, but I think it's also, you know, as well as accessing support when we when we need it, it's also important for us all to think about the things we can do for ourselves. Um, so being, you know, proactive in, in maintaining our well-being is a, is a key skill for academic success. Um, do you want to say a, a little bit about your role, Matt, and how that, that sort of links in with this? Sure, yeah, I think it's really interesting in relation to what you're saying, really, the idea that, like, um, be people kind of appearing in your remit who um, are maybe stressed and coming to kind of well-being um, with that like but that's maybe separate from say a mental health condition in, in a number of instances I guess in my role I work a lot predominantly even with students with kind of like diagnosed mental health conditions but I see even within that like in a number of instances um, poor academic skills at times can really contribute to kind of the exacerbation of certain symptoms that students might experience and you know on, on a certain level that um, is something that I guess academic skills are things that all students are learning but it can have kind of an additional impact in some instances so um, and I guess part of what I see with that is like um, maybe experiences that anyone would find stressful but then have like a significant impact so I think about things like dissertations a lot like one thing that really comes up is like is, is dissertations because you know being the biggest project and kind of a bit of a known unknown for undergraduate students it becomes kind of this unruly beast of how to manage it and how to kind of like make time for it and things and that that can be stressful in itself but can really kind of instigate kind of feelings of being overwhelmed um, and I guess it also kind of feeds into other patterns of kind of working and academic skills that I see across the board of students really where kind of like um, maybe more challenging circumstances are created by academic skill choices so I think me and me and you Rich were talking the other day about maybe kind of like myths and 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 the idea of these myths that we see in, in ways that students maybe work sometimes and it was really interesting actually to think about um, because I think one thing that I see quite a lot is this kind of myth that I work better under pressure um, with students and that's a really interesting one to me like this idea that we can kind of really normalize work under pressure and it, it feels like it's maybe a choice um, and that like I, I work better I can focus better but actually is it that choice has been removed and you're actually working under a set of conditions where a bit like an exam you just have to work in for that hour two hours three hours or a night for an essay perhaps those conditions don't need to exist for an essay like you could do that in a nicer way and I think this is kind of one challenge I often experience is things like this how can we kind of establish different patterns of validation really for how you work because either you can avoid something and then you, you feel validated because like why well, you didn't have to experience the stress and overwhelmed like anxiety of dealing with the essay so it gets postponed until you actually have to deal with it and then you've dealt with it all in one go and you get the the validation it's submitted and you feel great and you know those kind of patterns can then become entrenched I guess and like thinking about how to really address those and make life a bit less stressful because you're not going through these perpetual cycles of peaks and troughs where you've got extended period of, of not working and procrastinating and and avoiding the work and not really enjoying that but then also these really intense periods of work that then are really hard to manage and stressful followed by a need to kind of like rest which then like 
disengaged you can work again and then like the cycle begins and it can become really difficult you know to try and um imagine how to do things differently but i think it's really important um and i guess similarly like another myth that comes up is like i don't need to plan an essay like but then that that that's kind of hard because like well what do you do how do you how do you build the skills to actually sit down and work on the essay and not feel like you're multitasking all the time and not feel like you have to do everything at once um it, it just seems really difficult it's like you know it's not it's not a jam i guess it's not a it's not an, an open free jazz kind of moment it's it could be something a lot a lot less a lot less kind of intense um and i think it puts a lot of conditions and expectations upon you and pressure to kind of work in a way that is maybe um expecting you to always perform at your best when actually i think sometimes by rethinking how we can look at academic skills um it's not just that this it becomes less stressful because you split over a longer period of time or you know what you're doing but actually it kind of like takes the pressure of having to be right you can just be kind of perpetually a bit wrong with it and not really know what you're doing but you've kind of got the time and space to kind of deal with that i guess so I suppose that's one thing that I find really important that comes up for me is like how do we kind of address these academic skills that that can kind of really support and establish good ways of working that that can create better environments that's good for students' well-being. Really important points there from you both. Thank you. Uh, you were talking in a way there about how the skill, so to speak, of maintaining well-being is inseparable from what we perhaps more commonly refer to as, as academic skills. I was wondering if the two of you could say anything more about uh, well-being or maintaining well-being as an academic skill. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I like to think of maintaining well-being as a, a key study skill um, that can be learned. Um, so alongside things like time management, learning how to read and make notes effectively, um, critical thinking, referencing. I, I think if we can figure out how to um, plan our lives in such a way that that enables us to thrive with regards to our, our well-being, then I believe that we'll see improvements in our academic performance too. Um, and, and I think it's important to say that, that you know, experiencing poor well-being at uni is, is not inevitable. Um, but having said that, I think it is normal to, to experience some level of study-related stress at times. You know, you're doing something challenging, you're doing something new, um, and you want to do well. It matters to you. So, so there will, you know, be, be times when you, you might feel some of that stress but it's important to learn how to how to manage that so it doesn't become overwhelming um, and you know without going into detail I think it's if, if we're feeling really stressed really overwhelmed um, you know it's almost like that fight or flight sort of mechanism kicks in and, and we you know it, it switches off the, the the cognitive part the thinking part of our brain and we, we you know makes it hard to makes it hard for us to to, to think clearly and to plan and to to, to be you know as effective as, as possible and that sort of ties in with what Matt was saying about you know that that, that idea of uh, and I used to do this when I did my my, uh, my first degree um, I used to yeah often not start until you know 24 hours before the handing date and I, it never it was never my best work because I didn't have time to to sort of revise it um, but I you know maybe I'm one of those people who have to learn the hard way um, I think short doses of, of low-level stress um, can actually give us an edge, um, but it can be counterproductive when it's extreme, you know, like I said, when you, when you are feeling overwhelmed, or when it becomes chronic, when it, it just becomes constant. Um, 
and I think you know recognizing that the physical and, and psychological signs of stress is important. Um, you know, uh, th these symptoms or, or emotions are, are information. They're telling us that, that this is something that's important to us. Um, and it's, you know, I guess that, that draws our attention to it so that we can take action. Um, there's, there's a really good TED talk uh, by a lady called Kelly McGonigal. Um, and she talks about the, the measurable impact of reframing the symptoms of stress. Um, so, for example, thinking about, you know, thinking of your increased heart rate or your respiration rate as, as your body preparing you for a challenge. Uh, so I quite like that idea. So uh, basically what I'm saying is it, it, it's, it's okay for there to be some level of stress and it could even give you an edge. But when it becomes too much, um, then it, it, can, it can detract, it can, you know, make us less effective in our learning. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that, Rich. Um, I think, you know, even though maybe I'm working with students with kind of registered mental health conditions or, or neurological conditions, like I think, you know, there's the, the stuff that kind of I think about in the non-academic skills, non-subject specific, like academic skills kind of way, um, and that's really helped me with kind of my studies, um, has not been something that's kind of exclusively exclusively works in that remit but kind of can be kind of ways of thinking about how academic skills can be conducive to good well-being you know and I think like some of the things that I, I think a bit like you Rich uh, have been dealt with from doing it wrong um, and kind of with hindsight thinking about well how could that have been better I think that's that's when the most useful things have emerged for me like from doing it wrong um, and then working out what what was wrong with that and like what what could be done differently and so, you know, some of it seems like with hindsight it seems like you know like almost pleasantly simple which is kind of reassuring you know mm -hmm. um but i you know so I, I guess like some of the things that like, i think about a lot with students are um time management how we can how we can deal with being overwhelmed you know like how how does that impact your motivation and how how we can kind of really change reframe um what workload feels like so like I, I was talking to someone like fairly recently about our dissertations and you know the idea of like 10,000 words being a big project and we started thinking well what happens if we break it down you know what does what does it feel like to write 300 words a week and then how does that build up over time you know does that mean you can write kind of like a chapter over the course of a semester how long does it take you to write 300 words? Is that kind of like a couple of hours a week? Like, so what does this dissertation look like? And we actually map it out over your whole kind of um, two semesters. And when we adapt that for different periods, like January, when maybe you've got a bit more downtime, you can do more than two hours a week. Like how, how, does, how does the kind of like uh, distribution of a task over a longer period of time enable you to not have to be that motivated with it in some ways you know you don't have to want to do it for hours you just turn up and you do it for a bit in the same way you do shopping every week like nobody wants to do shopping but like <laughs> it's nice to eat so it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things and i think the more we can kind of like uh, break it down into ways where it's like a, a tolerable level of discomfort a bit like what you were saying really um because then like those things can not just mean you make gains on the project but i guess it can also be a way of kind of like then thinking about how we can avoid multitasking you know i think one thing i i find with students 
like what did they, what did someone call it the other day? Like the blank screen of death or something. I think this idea of like mm. opening the word document it becoming really ominous and like having to write an essay that you don't even know where to start with. Um and you know, being able to break that down, you know, maybe maybe you're not ready to write if you if you don't feel like you get anywhere with an essay. Maybe maybe that's that's not where you need to be. Maybe breaking things into like have I done the reading? Have I done the planning? Like if have I even done the admin that enables me to have the research to do the reading and then the planning? You know, so I guess there's kind of like a lot of a lot of ways that uh, I guess I think about routine and organisation and time management as kind of ways um, that can really make unpleasant tasks more kind of sustainable within someone's kind of like week and how that can kind of be sequenced i guess like between the different tasks and built over time so that it's not this mystical mystery of how to do a dissertation but it's just that i'm just going to spend two hours a week writing i'm going to work on these paragraphs first i definitely need to do this research i need to plan this section i will then write that um and i think you know uh it's been really helpful for me as someone who's continued studying and working alongside it to think about how to make that sustainable because you know we can't create extra hours in a day or extra days in a week but we still have like all the stuff we need to do so actually like it's it's been something I've, i found really useful to kind of try and like apply to the way that i work to make it possible to manage those competing tasks really um just hearing you talking then, Matt, made me think of, um, there's a guy called James Clear who, who wrote a book called Atomic Habits, and he talks about the importance of um, consistency over intensity. Uh, and I really like that idea of just, yeah, like you said, you know, he's just chipping away at these things, uh, getting organized, and then just chipping away at these things on a, on a regular basis rather than leaving it and then this really intense sort of period of work. Um, maybe that does work for some people. I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't, but uh, for me, yeah. Um, being consistent, having a, having a routine and sticking with that uh, tends to work better with me. Um, yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, no, I totally agree. I think it's really cool because it means that I'm able to be wrong. So like I'll sit down to try and write something and I'll get halfway through a paragraph and I'm just like, man, this is going terribly. And like, why is it going terribly? Because I only researched the first half of it. Now I'm just making stuff up about something. And so like that is now an action point. You know, I need to go and research about like, I don't know, 60s American counterculture and its relationship to advertising or something. Like maybe that, but that, that kind of inability to know, like it creates an action point. I can then go and do that and that can be my research task for the week. And then when I sit down the following Friday afternoon or whatever to do another two hours of writing, I can then realise that and that can be done in a fulfilling way rather than, I don't know, the night before when you kind of like desperately trying to find I don't know, um, the resources are all out in the library or some alternative PDF version, not really knowing what chapters you need to read, not having the time to read them anyway. Like it's 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 really high high pressure. Like I, I think, yeah, it, it can just be nicer. Like no one's going to make a dissertation right and nice, but I think we can make it more pleasant, at least some of the tasks. Thank you both. Yeah, really important points in there. That idea of breaking things down is, is absolutely central isn't it and i've realized as you're talking i need to to take that advice uh, myself uh, with regards to you know daunting uh, things or challenges at, at work that, that can seem quite daunting but 
if you do that technique of break it down, be logical, work through a sequence of more manageable steps, then uh, things suddenly uh, can become achievable. So, so lovely advice there. Thank you. There's that idea out there, I suppose, isn't there, that being stressed is part of of uni life, and you've you've said uh, a fair bit on on that topic already. But is there anything more you'd want to say? Uh, I'm guessing against that sort of myth, that sort of statement that we should simply expect to be stressed. Yeah, I think you're right, Miles, to, to, to call it a myth, because although it's common, it, it doesn't have to be the case. Uh, and like I said earlier, I think, um, yeah, there the, the, the are inevitably going to be times when there's a bit more pressure on you, when there's more expected of you. Um, but I think it's quite helpful to think of this as sort of uh, stress versus stretch. So when we're stressed, we're we often find it difficult to, to sort of think clearly and to plan our time and to, to, to be effective. Um, where, you know, really the, the whole purpose of coming to uni is to be stretched, it's to learn new things, it's to be, um, yeah, to have more kind of asked of us maybe than we've, than we've had before. Um, but that can actually be really good for our well-being. Being stretched, being asked to do something that's just outside of our comfort zone, um, actually when, when we achieve that thing, it can make us feel really good about ourselves. It can improve our well-being and, and our academic sort of performance at the same time. Um, and something I often talk to students about is this idea of desirable difficulty. Um, it's a phrase coined by uh, Robert and Elizabeth Bjork, I think, um, where they, they talk about, um, yeah, when we can, um, when we can stretch ourselves um, to something that, that is difficult, um, but actually when we achieve that, like I said, it, it can feel really good. It's, it's like lifting weights, for example. It, it can feel quite quite difficult, or any, any form of exercise for that matter. It, it can feel difficult at the time, um, but actually it, it helps us grow. Um, so I think, mm. uh, I think that's, yeah, and, and for me anyway, that's a helpful way of thinking about it. Thank you. I guess as well, like to kind of build on that, um, it might be also about thinking like to the future too like what i think you get so busy in academia thinking of it in these ivory tower terms of like you know everything's kind of like the life we have here and we don't really, you know it, what's the application to my career afterwards because a lot of students are kind of passing through here they're here for three years and this is kind of like getting somewhere else and this is a stepping stone to something and a bit like you know those discussions you hear about people talking about gccs like how's algebra learning me teaching me to do like taxes and stuff in the future what does this have to my real world application but i think like you know these academic skills in a, in a kind of odd way can actually be really useful for that that kind of future development you know thinking about kind of the challenges um that, that we experience at university is like potential learning outcomes um can be really useful way of reframing them maybe and sort of viewing valuing them past the actual assignment itself um I mean, one thing that comes up for me, like group dynamics are difficult for students, but these are kind of like working environments that we all move into. You know, we all have to work with people generally. Um, we all have to manage competing deadlines. We all have to balance different tasks. We all have to project. You know, there are a lot of kind of like transferable skills here um, that can be really beneficial to kind of work out in a safe environment like university what to do about these because you can kind of troubleshoot the things here and then kind of learn something about kind of yourself and your approaches and, and how to take that forward into the professional world in a comparable sense I guess to like how it's quite safe to be wrong in a seminar about ideas and you can say any daft thing 
because you're not being marked on it generally and then you you put the the better thing that you learn from that experience into your essay and in some ways university can be a, a little bit like that you've got a really good environment and a great set of opportunities to really engage with like these skill developments and so i guess like one aspect for me about like academic skills is like what it kind of offers as a a future prospect beyond just like an academic career really fabulous thank you again for that yeah really important points there to going beyond the course itself final question from me then um is well-being just a student's responsibility um i think i think student well-being is is um everyone's responsibility in in higher education um I think yes, students can do things to 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 help improve their well-being. Um, but I think it's it's you know like I say, it's the responsibility of the, the whole institution. And um, we've recently been um, going through a, an a, an audit process, something called the University Mental Health Charter, um, which is uh, it looks at, at the, every aspect of the institution. So it's looking at um, support services, yes, but also um, the uh, the curriculum design how 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 the teaching is done the the built environment accommodation uh, basically every aspect of what we do um, which I think has been really helpful because it's it's sort of pushed us to think beyond just what support we offer to students um, when they're struggling I think it's it's taken a, a more proactive um, kind of approach uh, and what we describe as a whole university approach um, so rather than um, identifying the, the 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 problem you know locating it within the person who's struggling actually thinking about but the, the the overall environment and and how it you know how this affects us all, um, we have you know I mentioned support services you know we have a student well-being team, um, you know where we like, students can access counselling or, or mental health advice, um, but we also have things like the, the money advice team. We have um, uh, academic advisors within the course teams, um, disability advice. There's a number of different support services um, within uh, Leeds Beckett. Um, Matt, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, yeah, sure. I guess like there's like you say, quite a good infrastructure within Leeds Beckett. Um, I think of like the the mentor and study skills tutor drop-ins as as kind of two opportunities to really think about um, some of the the kind of opportunities that support can offer, really, and and sort of similarly in a kind of more um, explicitly academic way, some of the skills for learning workshops and drop-ins that are run by the library team too you know there's there's quite a, a lot of um opportunities to touch base with staff um who have experience with different areas uh, that can all support students um really and and support their well-being in the kind of ways we've been talking about today um additionally as well there's quite a range of services outside in the community like the leeds crisis cards are really good kind of um collation of those different services so even outside of the institution itself i think there's quite a lot of opportunities to engage with places that can support students well-being and, and mental health fantastic yeah just to add to that in terms of the the skills for learning end of it so to speak uh if students visit the skills for learning website they'll see uh the open workshop program uh, is advertised on there they'll see various resources covering uh, a wide range of academic skills that they can download interactive things and so on and we also offer one-to-one -one appointments via the the get help tab on the site so uh, just a, another mention there of some uh, some extra 
support with regards to some of the skills that we've been speaking about today. Um, thank you both so much for coming in to talk to us. Uh, it's been absolutely fascinating and I think it'll be really useful. Thanks, Miles.